0: السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم على سيد الأولين والآخرين سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق والخاتم لما سبق ناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله وصحبه حق قدره ومقداره العظيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم اللهمَ نويناَ تعلماً والتعليم والتذكر والتذكيرَ والنفعَ والانتفاعَ والإفادةَ والاستفادةَ والحثَّ التمسكَ بكتابِ اللهِ وسنةِ رسولِهِ والدعاءَ إلى الهداةِ والدلالَةَ على الخيرِ ابتغاءَ وجهِ اللهِ ومرضاتهِ وقربهِ وثوابهِ سبحانه وتعالى ربَّ إشرح لي صدرِ ويصرِّ لي العقدةِ من لساني يفقهُ قولي الحمدُ للهِ we thank Allah سبحانه وتعالى for another opportunity to learn together, and to spend time with uh, this extremely beneficial, immensely beneficial book, Ihya Ulum al by Hujjat al-Islam, the proof of Islam, Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah wa anhu. In this session, uh, following along the lines of the framework that Sheikh Yahya really uh, put together for us about uh, the book of knowledge and how really it's It opens up and relates to everything that comes in the ihya. This session is relatively straightforward, talking about the merit of knowledge, learning, i.e. seeking knowledge, and then teaching, uh, conveying that knowledge and disseminating that knowledge. So we'll look inshaAllah ta'ala at verses from the Qur'an about each of these three things, knowledge, learning, and teaching. Uh, and uh, a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and uh, the statements of the pious predecessors. And then Imam al-Ghazali also uh, uses some intellectual proofs at the end uh, about the merit and the virtue of knowledge. So he begins, Bismillah. قوله تعالى شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bears witness that there is no God except him as do the angels and those who are the people of knowledge. They also bear witness to that. So Imam al-Ghazali says, subhanahu wa taala bi nafse." Look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began this witnessing that Allah bears witness that there was no God except him. So he began with him, himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, second after that, comes the angels. And then the third category mentioned are the people of knowledge. That this is enough for you to indicate the nobility and the merit and the honor of the people of knowledge. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bear witness his angels and the people of knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse of the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevates those of you who believe and those who have been given knowledge in various degrees and multitudes of degrees. So this is an indication that there are high and lofty degrees for the people of knowledge. And Sayyidina Abdullah ibn al-Abbas, عنهما, the cousin of the Prophet, Tarjuman al-Quran, the one who was the translator, the interpreter of the Quran, he said, that the ulama, the scholars, the people of knowledge. They are seven, they have a degree that is 700 degrees higher than the generality of the believers. Between each daraja, between each degree, is the distance of a 500 years long travel, a 500 year long travel in between one degree to the next, and that there's 700 degrees between them. So once again, this is indicating to us, and this is important because when we get to ilm tariq al know the science of the way to the hereafter, when Imam al-Ghazali explains that and talks about the purpose and the goal behind that, when he talks about the restoration of religious terminology, all of this is going to further uh, deepen Imam al-Ghazali's teaching and his methodology and the way that he uh, exposes us to these meanings and the, the, the deeper and the, the accurate meanings of knowledge and the people of knowledge and so forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in the Quran, another verse, Say, O Prophet, are those who know, who have knowledge equal to those who don't have knowledge? Are they on the same level? In other words, it's a rhetorical question that they're not. That those who have knowledge are superior in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, truly, those who have this fear, this reverential fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Indeed, those who have this reverential fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from among his servants are the ulama, are the people of knowledge. They are the ones who truly possess this reverential fear, which is why one of the scholars said, knowledge in its entirety, it is reverential fear. Real knowledge is that which increases you in awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in humility, in recognizing His majesty, in being aware of one's, the servant's uh, uh, lowliness and humbleness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Real knowledge is what gives you ahlu. That's how you know it's true people. The true people of what? The true people of knowledge. You know them by their khashya. You know them by their reverential fear of Allah, wa ta'ala. Allah says in another verse of the Quran, wa qala bih. That this is about the story of uh, Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam and the throne of Bilqis. So when uh, Sayyidina Sulaiman salam, he asked and he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the miracles that he had is that he uh, commanded even the jinn. So he had this, this dominion that no one else had the likes of. So he had even in his, uh, in his court, he had of the jinn who served him. So he said, who will bring me the throne of Sheba? And قَالَ مِّنَ The jinn, one of the mighty jinn, he said, I will go get her throne before you can even rise from your sitting position, from where you're sitting. Before you even get up, I will bring it to you. Then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in the Quran? And this was a human being, this was a man. We know that the jinn, they have certain uh, uh, distinctions that human beings don't have. But Allah says, The man who had knowledge of the book Said, I will get it for you before you can blink your eye. In the blink of an eye, I will bring it for you. And then Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam, he saw the throne before him immediately. The shahid here, the point that Imam al Ghazali is telling us here, is that the person of true knowledge, Allah gave him a karama, Allah gave him a miracle that is given to his righteous servants. This is in Al Quran al Kareem. It's right there that uh, الكتاب, the one who had knowledge of the book was able to bring it faster than the ifritun minal jinn, who had this amazing power and ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him. Imam al Ghazali says, and this is an indication that he was able to do that due to the depth of his knowledge and the mastery that he had in his knowledge. This particular righteous scholar, this real person of knowledge. Another verse of the Qur'an, Imam al-Ghazali is giving us these verses of the Qur'an to highlight for us the merit of knowledge. وَقَالَ وَقَالَ this is Imam al-Ghazali. قَدْرِ يُعْلَمُ بِالْعِلْمِ So the scholars, and those who were given knowledge said to the other people, the people that they were reminding, What is wrong with you for those who are focused on the dunya? They said, Allah's reward is better than these worldly things that you are seeking. And Imam al-Ghazali says that this shows that the... Uh, ability to realize and comprehend the superiority of the akhirah over the world is discovered through knowledge that knowledge is what makes a person be certainly aware of that reality because people in this world without knowledge they focus on the world but when the people have knowledge they say what's wrong with you what Allah has is better than what you're focusing on. So this once again shows how knowledge opens up a person's inner sight to deeper realities and greater realities of the Akhira. And Allah ta'ala, more verses of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if they had only uh, if they only referred the affair back to the messenger and to those who were the foremost of their leaders. And the scholars of tafsir regarding this verse, they say that the foremost of their leaders, those who are in positions of leadership over them, this is understood to be the ulama. This is understood to be the ulama. The people who can guide them to what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu most likely would have guided them to, or what he would have guided them to sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is when they face something new, they refer it back to the Messenger sallallahu or to those who are in authority over them, the scholars. And Imam al-Ghazali says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned them in a degree lower than the degree of the Prophets, but right after the Prophets that they take it, they refer it back to the Prophet I and to those in authority over them, which shows them that they are responsible for clarifying Allah's ruling for His servants, that they have a similar responsibility, they're not of the same degree, but a similar responsibility as a responsibility of the Prophets and messengers. And Imam al-Ghazali is going to shortly tell us about the well-known hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said, ulama The scholars, the people of knowledge, are the inheritors of the prophets. Now this is really important for us to understand, uh, especially in this material world, which deceives us into thinking that that's all there really is. The material things are very shallow. Even the nice things, they're very shallow and fleeting. Think about it. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala gave the Prophet Muhammad SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam and all of the prophets and messengers, the highest degree of love and honor and generosity from him. Allah gave them more than he gave to any other created beings. The prophets and messengers, Allah gave them. Now outwardly, when we learn about their lives, They were people of zuhud. They were people of detachment. The Prophet himself would be hungry and so forth. So people get confused. But I thought if they're beloved to Allah and Allah gave them everything, why did they go through that? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what He gave them, He gave them the treasures of the unseen. He gave them the treasures of the highest degrees of, of honor and nearness and uh, electedness, and belovedness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the Prophet says, الْعُلَمَاءُ وَرَثَتُ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ The scholars inherit from the Prophets. They inherit degrees of belovedness to Allah. They inherit honor. They inherit knowledge that opens up the heart to true inner sight. They inherit realities. They inherit wisdom. They inherit nur. They inherit barakah. They, that's what they're inheriting from the prophets. The people of the dunya do not have one atom of that. If you combine all of what they have of dunya, it is not equal to one atom of what they have. Even if this particular scholar wears very simple clothing and lives a very simple lifestyle, you have to look at them and see the treasures of the unseen that they have. Al-ulama warathatul anbiya. So we have to see with the eye of iman. We have to see these things with the eye of iman. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse of the Qur'an, بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ فِي صُدُورِ أوتوا That these are clear signs that are where, that are in the hearts of those who have been given knowledge. In the hearts of those who have been given knowledge. This refers to that same point of the treasures that they have. Where is the knowledge placed? Where are the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to? They're inside the hearts of the people of knowledge. The men and women of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, now we'll move on to some of the ahadith. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man bihi fiddeen the Prophet said, "Whoever Allah wills good for, Allah wills good for the prosperity gospel. It gives them a lot of money. No, that's not the Hadith. Whoever Allah wills good for, they're beautiful. They look good. That's not the Hadith. Whoever Allah wills good for, uh, what does the Prophet ﷺ say? Whoever Allah wills good for, you faqihu din He gives that person a deep understanding in this din. Wa yulhimhu rushdah and he." Gives him the inspiration to follow right guidance. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the doors of guidance for that person, gives them an understanding of this deen. Another hadith states that the Prophet said, Yastaghfiru lil alimi ma fi samawati wal ard. That everything in the heavens and the earth seeks forgiveness from Allah for the person of knowledge, for the alim. Well, Imam al-Ghazali says, What rank and what honor and what position is greater than the one given to someone that the, the angels of the heavens and the earth are busying themselves with seeking forgiveness for that person. He's taking care of himself. In relation to his state with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, he's focused on that, and the angels are are busying themselves with asking Allah's forgiveness for him. What an honor! What an honor! Now we'll continue. The Prophet sallam, he said in another hadith: "There are two qualities that are not present in a, in a hypocrite, a munafiq." Having excellent and beautiful dignity and composure. So uh, uh, and also the person the, the, the munafiq will not have this excellent, beautiful, dignified composure, nor will he have a deep understanding in religion. Those are two qualities you won't you will not find in a munafiq. So if a person has understanding. And Imam Al-Ghazali regarding this word fiqh, he's going to restore that meaning and give us the true meaning of that word. So we need to be open to that. Um, So then Imam Al-Ghazali says after mentioning this hadith, So he says, do not, if you see people who are busied with the technical aspect of the science of fiqh, and they have some hypocrisy, do not understand the meaning of this hadith that it applies to them. How, is there a contradiction? There's no contradiction. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not referring to the meaning of fiqh that you might've thought. And I'm going to clarify what that means moving forward. And then he says, he gives us an insight. What is fiqh? We usually, and it's noble, we refer to the, we use the word fiqh nowadays to mean the, the rulings of the Sharia, how we make wudu, how we pray and so forth. But he says fiqh literally in the Arabic language, it means understanding. It means understanding. So then over time, it became applied to the understanding of the rulings of the Sharia. But it, it also has a deeper meaning that can be applied more generally to religion. Imam al-Ghazali then says, darajat al الْفَقِيهِ This goes back to this is Imam Al-Ghazali's synthesis. This is Imam Al-Ghazali's way of really bringing out the reality of the deen when people became confused. He says the lowest level of the faqih, of the person of deep understanding, the lowest level is for that person to know that the hereafter is better than the dunya. That's fiqh. That's real understanding. To continue, mashaAllah. This is referring to the value and the the importance of the ulama, the real ulama. He said, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, لَمَوْتُ قَبِيلَةٍ مِنْ مَوْتِ For an entire tribe to die is less, in, less severe than the death of one scholar. Because the scholars we're going to see is one of those people who are the khulafa on, earth, on the earth. They are the khulafa. They are uh, uh, those who are representing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants on this earth. So, for an entire tribe to die is less severe. It doesn't mean it's not important. It's less severe than one scholar, one person of Allah, the person of true knowledge to pass away. Yeah. The, another hadith that is also quite well known the Prophet ﷺ said, <laughs> The Prophet ﷺ said, People are like mines of gold and silver. People have certain qualities that are intrinsic. So, who are the best of them? The Sahaba were asking, who are the best of people? He said, people are like mines of gold and silver. The best of them in the time before Islam and Jahiliyyah are the best of them in Islam if they gain a deep understanding of the religion. You find some people who have beautiful akhlaq before they became Muslim those people their akhlaq becomes even more enhanced in islam if they gain an understanding cuz sometimes you see the opposite you see them come around the wrong crowd and they had beautiful character before islam they come around the wrong the wrong crowd and they become very you know harsh and hard hearted people they haven't gained fiqh alhamdulillah they have iman but they haven't gained a deep understanding La ilaha illallah. There are many ahadith that Imam Al Ghazali has here about the merits of uh, uh, seek of knowledge and the people of knowledge. Yeah. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam also said, يشفع يوم القيامة ثلاثة الأنبياء ثم العلماء ثم الشهداء. The Prophet sallallahu wasallam said that there will be three categories of people who will intercede on the day of resurrection: the prophets, then the people of knowledge, the ulama, then the martyrs. So, what a great rank that follows prophethood and precedes martyrdom, which is the rank of knowledge and the people of knowledge. This is very important. This is what Sheikh Yahya was speaking to not too long ago to say that this is just as relevant today as it ever was. And that these same realities are things that uh, uh, we have to be aware of and that we're facing. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Prophet said, You live in a time now where there are many people of understanding, very few, uh, uh, very few speakers, khutaba, people who give khutbas, you know, public speakers. Many people of knowledge, very few people speaking publicly. سائلو, few people who are asking, you know, who have needs. معطو, many people who are giving. Many people give, so there's very few people who need to ask. الْعَمَلُ فِيهِ خَيْرٌ مِنَ الْعِلْمُ Worship, acting upon knowledge and worshipping Allah is better than seeking knowledge. There will come a time to the people where there will be very few people or few people of deep understanding. The fuqaha, the real people of understanding. There will be many people who are public speakers. Sounds familiar. There will be few people who give. Many people asking. The Prophet wasallam then said, seeking knowledge in that time is better than actions. And obviously, there, we're called to both. We're called to both. But it's saying that in that time, you need knowledge in order to be able to uh, uh, traverse the ignorance that has affected many people in that time. As for the athar, Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, as for the statements of the pious predecessors and the sahaba, Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, radhiallahu anhu, said to kumail, he said, ya kumail, al-ilmu khayrun min al mal He was advising one of his students. He said, knowledge is better than wealth. Al-ilmu yahrusuka wa anta tahrusu al Knowledge defends you, whereas you have to defend money. Al-ilmu hakimun wal-maalu mahkumun alayhi. That knowledge rules, it is the one that governs, and people rule over wealth. So, which of the two is better? And wealth decreases with giving it, and knowledge increases and continues to cultivate and produce when you teach others. So, knowledge is better than wealth. And that's uh, just a very quick side point. If we raised our children with this understanding, how different would the world be? Nowadays, we tell uh, people that you need to uh, learn and go to school and so forth so you can make money. And to be independent and to be able to take care of oneself is a good thing. But just money as an ends, as an end in and of itself is problematic. And then people think, if I get money, I can be happy. I can buy things. I can get what I want. And then they realize that those extrinsic things that they're seeking actually don't make them happier. And if we actually gave them the tools to say, this is the true purpose of things, that you can use wealth to good purpose, and one of the best usages of wealth is to have freedom to seek knowledge, by the way, that uh, you seek knowledge so that you can be of benefit and benefit yourself, and so on and so forth, and the higher degrees of knowledge, but that those are intrinsic benefits That is something that will cultivate your heart and your intellect. And this is a whole huge conversation about the separation of education from akhlaq, from adab, removing good manners and uh, teaching children morality from education. That's a whole other problem. But this all goes to that knowledge is what gives your heart and your mind life. And it's greater than wealth. How many people, they're just studying in school so they can pass the exam and get a good job, and they, they don't even think about what they're learning. Is that a real substantial education so you can walk away with a piece of paper? Or is this really what cultivates people's hearts and souls? And this is what brings people back to life. And this is what makes us live in societies where there is beauty between neighbors and relatives and people live civilized, cultivated existences. This is the knowledge. This is the knowledge that we need. This is the knowledge that everyone needs. So look at Sayyidina Ali, that it, it benefits you. It guards you. You got to guard wealth. You have a little bit of something nice. You know, you have a nice house. You have a nice car. You have immediately little something hits it, something, water leaks. Ah, it's just another, another burden. knowledge is never a burden even if a person strives and stays up at night and struggles to acquire something it makes it even sweeter that knowledge that brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Sayyidina Ali has these beautiful lines of poetry he said that honor belongs only to the people of knowledge because they are the guides for those seeking guidance and looking for the way. And then he says, So successfully acquire knowledge and you will live forever. people are dead and the people of knowledge are alive. And. And if you see the people whose hearts are alive with the remembrance of Allah, whose inner sight has been opened, you only taste the sweetness of your own existence being in their company. So what, is, what are they experiencing? If being around them lets you taste, they say, مَا لَذَّةُ الْعَيْشِ إِلَّا صُحْبَةُ الْفُقَرَى. هُمُ Abu al he says, مَا لَذَّةُ الْعَيْشِ The only pleasure of life is the companionship of the fuqara, the people who have realized their need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and dedicated themselves to fulfilling all their needs by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being totally in need of him and recognizing that. They are the masters, they are the sultans, they are the princes. And all those other people, is going to go. When they die, it's going to go. Their, pas- their palaces, their castles, their cars, it's all going to go. But you'll see these people who might have been seemed like they didn't have much of the dunya. You'll see what they have in the barzakh. You'll see what they have in the akhirah. You'll see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them. And if you open your heart to that, you'll taste the sweetness of it even here. <laughs> We're still on the chapter, just on the merit of knowledge. MashaAllah, Imam al-Ghazali, there's so much here. It's a very, very rich book. Naam. Uh, Imam al-Hassan al-Basri, he says, That the, the ink of the scholars is weighed against the blood of the mar- martyrs. So the ink of the scholars is heavier in the scales than the blood of martyrs. And he also said, Sayyidina al-Hasan al-Basri fi qawlihi ta'ala, Rabbana atina fi wa fil akhirati hasana. Oh Allah, give us the good in this world and good in the hereafter. He said, inna al wal Goodness in the world, people think, give me good in this world and good in the next. It means like comfort. You know, the things I like, the things I like in this world, things I like in the next world it depends on what you like but there's an objective meaning imam al hassan al-basri said the hasana the good of this world is knowledge and ibadah knowledge and worship and in the akhirah it's paradise and in the akhirah it's paradise paradise yeah. one of the, the wise was saying ayul Ashia'i tuqtana qala al-ashya' allati gharqat safinatuka sabhat ma'ak what are the things that suffice? And he said, Those things that if your ship sinks, they swim with you. And he meant knowledge. If you lose all of your worldly possessions, they're going to sink in the ship. But wherever you go, that knowledge that you have acquired, it's in your heart. Some said that what he meant by your ship sinking is the destruction of your body with death. So knowledge carries on with you until the akhirah. Knowledge carries on with you to the Akhira. Naam. So now we'll go on to the section on the merit of learning. The merit of learning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ask the people, of knowledge, literally in the Qur'an, the people of remembrance, but it means the people of knowledge, if you do not know. Ask the people of knowledge, if you do not know. The Prophet said, Man ilman, bihi Whoever takes a path seeking knowledge, Allah takes him on the path to paradise. Allah puts him on the path to paradise. And the Prophet also said, Inna bima the malaika, they actually uh, they actually extend their wings on the floor. You know how people of the world they have the red carpet? Put out the red carpet, and people love that. The angels put out their wings for the seeker of knowledge. The red carpet is nothing in comparison to these beings made from Noor. Putting out their wings because they want the barakah of the seeker of knowledge from uh, to, to tread upon their wings. That's how esteemed and honored they are by heavenly beings. bima yasna, out of happiness and contentment and honor of what that seeker of knowledge is seeking. The Prophet also said, Na'm, for you to go out and learn a particular uh, chapter of knowledge or a particular topic related to sacred knowledge, this knowledge that benefits, it's better for you than praying 100 rak'ahs. 100 uh, rak'ahs. This is because knowledge is really what guides you. And Imam Al Ghazali is going to make that point at the end of the section. InshaAllah Taala. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam also said, al That knowledge is in uh, in in a place where it is stored. It is stored away, and the key to unlock that storage is a question, is asking the right question. Fas'alu, so ask. Because when you ask a question, there are four kinds of people who get a reward. You ask a question of knowledge, there are four types of people who get a reward. The first is السائل, the one asking. والعالم, and the scholar who is responding, who is being asked. والمستمع, and the one listening. Ah, I benefited from that question. Ah, والمحب لهم, and the one who loves them. All four of those people benefit. Someone just comes and says, mashallah, yani maybe an older person who didn't have the opportunity when they were young, whatever it may be, but he loves them. Ah, I love these students of knowledge. That person also benefits. He's also, ahab. person is with the ones they love. So the one asking, the scholar, the one who overhears this beneficial conversation, the listener, and the one who loves them. Yeah. As for uh, the Athar. Oh, actually, one last hadith before we go on to the statements of the pious predecessors. The Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever, الإسلام, Whoever death finds him while he is seeking knowledge to revive Islam, then between him and the Prophets is just one degree in paradise between him and the Prophets is just one degree in paradise. Look at the, the honor. It doesn't even say that he brought revived Islam. He's seeking knowledge and he dies with the intention of bringing revival to the religion. Between him and the Prophets is just one degree. Na'am. So those are وَقَالَ أَبُوَ whoever doesn't see that going out to seek knowledge is jihad then that person is deficient in his understanding and in his intellect this is people are looking for ways of serving the ummah and sometimes people take advantage of that and put them in the wrong direction Serve the ummah by seeking knowledge. You want to help solve the problems that are the, the oppression and the affliction that's taking place? Seek this knowledge and serve the ummah. And Allah will open doors for you if you have a righteous intention. Now we move on to the merit of teaching. So Imam al-Ghazali tells us about knowledge, learning and teaching. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran al-Kareem, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when the Sahaba go out to fight in the way of Allah, that let a group stay behind and learn their religion. So that when those who went out to fight come back, they can teach them their religion and they warn their people when they return to them. So the 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 meaning here, Imam Al-Ghazali, is saying is that when those others come back. Now, those who have knowledge have the responsibility of teaching them. They have the responsibility of teaching them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in the Quran, Who is better in speech than the one who calls and invites others to Allah and does righteous deeds? That's teaching. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Invite people to the way of your Lord with wisdom. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wa He teaches them the book and wisdom, teaching. As for the words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "La an yahdi Allah رجلًا واحدًا لك من الدنيا وما فيها." There's two riwayat. for Allah to guide one person through you is better for you than the world and all it contains. And in another riwayat, خير لك من حمر النعم. It's better for you than red camels, this very precious uh, uh, this precious merchandise that they would buy and sell, this very rare type of camel that was the most valuable. Better for you than all of that. Sallallahu alayhi wa It's for Allah to guide one person through you. Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam, Jesus, peace be upon him, said, it's a beautiful, I love this uh, quote of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. Man alima wa amila wa فَذَٰلِكَ عَظِيمًا فِي مَلَكُوتِ samawat. Whoever learns, acts upon that knowledge, and teaches someone else, teaches others, that person will be called exalted in the heavenly kingdom. That person will be considered great in the heavenly kingdom. So look at that. Actually, this is very important because all of this is interrelated. And it's important for us to be reminded and to be committed to these things that this relates to the al-maqasid al-thalatha. This relates to the three principles that really define uh, the work that we are connected to and what al-maqasid is built upon, which you see as knowledge, devotion, and service. Man alima, whoever learns, seeks, seeks knowledge. Wa amila, that's devotion, acts upon that knowledge. Wa allama teaches others the greatest form of service. There's many types of service. But the greatest form of service is serving others in a way where they attain salvation. And uh, that's da'wah ilallah, calling people to Allah. Al-ilm suluk wa knowledge, devotion, and inviting people to Allah, serving the needs of creation in a multitude of ways, uh, most importantly, guiding them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That person is considered exalted in rank in the heavenly kingdom. So, this is Al Maqasid al thalatha And this goes back to Ilm Tariq al Akhira. He didn't say, Man, whoever learns and teaches, whoever learns acts upon that knowledge and teaches. They're all interconnected, but there's also a progression. There's also a progression. So, that's very important. The Prophet said, whoever uh, uh, attains some knowledge and conceals it from others, that he will be, uh, uh, he will be uh, uh, struck with fire on uh, uh, the day of resurrection. That knowledge is meant to be conveyed. It has to be conveyed with wisdom. But if a person starts to think, oh, I'm the... A scholarly class. These people don't know anything. I don't have to teach them. They're just simpletons. And we have secret knowledge we keep to ourselves. No. You have to teach people. And there are certain things that might be beyond their understanding. But you, the fara'id, the basics of this religion, are easily accessible to all kinds of people. And th- that needs to be shared. And that needs to be conveyed. And then, inshallah, we will uh, we'll end with a statement of Sayyidina Mu'adh bin Jabal, radiyallahu anhu wa arda, and then we'll end with one, one last thing that Imam al-Ghazali says. Sayyidina Mu'adh ibn Jabal says, and I'll just read it in English for uh, the sake of time. He says, seek knowledge, learn knowledge, because uh, learning knowledge for, uh, for Allah's sake increases you in reverential fear. Seeking it is worship. Studying it is tasbih, is glorification of Allah. Seeking it out is jihad. Teaching it to those who do not know is charity. Uh, Giving it out to its people is a means of nearness to Allah. It will keep you company. It will be your intimate companion when you are alone. It will be your friend when you are in seclusion. It will guide you in your religion. It will give you patience in times of ease and difficulty. It is your minister among your friends. And it is your uh, close relative when you are among strangers. And it is the light that guides the way to paradise. And Allah elevates people by it. So he makes them of the best guides and leaders who others follow their example. They are the, the, the guides to good. And uh, the angels seek out their companionship and they want their wings to touch them. And every, uh, everything in creation, living and in inanimate objects seek forgiveness for them, even the fish in the ocean and even the predatory animals in the deserts and the heavens, and the stars, because knowledge is the life of the hearts, and it gives people sight after blindness, and it is the light uh, for vision from darkness, and it gives strength uh, to the bodies after weakness, and it allows a servant to reach the uh, degrees of the abrar, the highest degrees of righteousness, and thinking, reflecting upon knowledge, is like fasting, studying it is like qiyam al-layl. By it, Allah is obeyed, through knowledge, Allah is obeyed and through it, Allah is worshiped and through it, Allah, his oneness is proclaimed and he is glorified and people are aware of him. And through knowledge, people reach out to their relatives and people know the halal and the haram. It is an imam. And action follows that imam. Allah inspires the people of felicity to be of its people. And he withholds it from those who are damned. Imam al-Ghazali says, نَسَأَلَ Allah husna tawfiq. And then the last section, Imam al-Ghazali talks about knowledge from a more intellectual. If you even think about it at the level of the intellect, this is all from the Quran and the Sunnah and the Salaf al Salih. Even if you think about it at a purely intellectual level, you can see its merit. So he says, The greatest thing for the human being is everlasting felicity, never ending felicity. So, therefore, the best of things are those that guide you to acquiring that everlasting felicity. And it is not attained except through knowledge and action. Imam al-Ghazali is a master. You can see how he breaks things down and has complete istiab. He is able to, to really visualize and comprehend all these complex elements, as Shaykh Yahya was saying. So he says, the greatest of things is felicity. Everlasting felicity. That's only attained through knowledge and action. And, knowledge, and action is only attained through knowledge of how to act. Worship Allah, pray. Okay, how do I do that? Oh, well, that requires knowledge. So then you need the knowledge in order to do the righteous deeds. So the basis of felicity in this life and the hereafter is knowledge. فَهُوَ إِذَنْ أَفْضَلُ الْأَعْمَالِ So it is therefore the best of all actions. نعم. So then Imam al-Ghazali says, and this is the last section, So teaching knowledge from one aspect is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from another aspect, it is being Allah's representative on earth, teaching Allah's commandments and the revelation. And this is the most honored of khilafa of authority and representation. Allah has opened for the heart of uh, the, the scholar knowledge, which is of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alim. It is of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes. And he gave this uh, knowledge for the scholar. فَهُوَ So he is like the treasurer of Allah's most precious treasure. He is the caretaker of Allah's most valuable and precious treasure. Remember when we said العُلَمَاء وَرَثَتُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ What do you think the Anbiya inherited? What do you think the Anbiya were given by Allah? What do you think they gave to the Ulama? They are the caretakers of the most precious of Allah's treasures. And if you look at the treasures of the dunya, if you look at even, for example, like the Metropolitan Museum of Art, most of what they own is not even on display. Most of what they own is just hidden away. They won't even take it out. They have certain items in their museums that even the curator hasn't seen. They bought it for millions of dollars and it's just put away. That's how much they guard their dunya. This is open to anyone who seeks it sincerely. There's no limit. This is the most precious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's treasures. ثُمَّ هُوَ مَأْذُونٌ لَهُ فِي الْإِنْفَاقِ مِنْهُ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ مِحْتَاجٍ إليه. And then Allah has given the scholar permission to give it to whoever needs it. فَأَيُّ رُتْبَةٍ أَجَلُ مِنْ كَوْنِ الْعَبْدِ وَاصِيطَةً بَيْنَ رَبِّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَبَيْنَ خَلْقِهِ فِي تَقْرِيبِ So what rank is more honorable than a servant who is the uh, intermediary between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his creation in bringing them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and guiding them to paradise. May Allah make us of them by his generosity. Ameen. وَصَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ عَبْدٍ مُصْطَفًا May Allah's peace be upon every chosen servant. اللَّهُ تعالى عَلَىٰ سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ